So thank you for uh, coming tonight. Uh, welcome to this podcast. The theme of the podcast tonight is an interfaith conversation discussing ideas for our strategy to, to support nonviolence and peace and identify what is common between our faiths. It is an honor for me to introduce our guest tonight. First on my left is Aris Sigal. She is from the British and West Progressive Jewish Congregation. She's also a teacher on contemporary Judaism in schools. And on my right, there's Mother Sarah, who is our Orthodox Christian chaplain, a member of the community of John Kronstadt. Uh, Sarah is our most senior member of our team <laughs> with extensive interfaith experience. Then finally, it's great to welcome Dr. Hamid Kamal Abdel Noor, the Imam of Bath Mosque, whose PhD submitted to Saras University in London is entitled A Comparative History of Catholic and Asari Theologies of Truth and Salvation. So welcome to you three. Thanks for agreeing to come tonight. And our conversation today, uh, it's wonderful to greet you as friends and colleagues. Uh, this podcast is also recorded in front of an invited audience. This event was first proposed by students on Tuesday, the 10th of October, four days after the present horror started. They met me here and wished to meet together with students of different faith groups in silence and to pray. This was, for me and my colleagues, inspiring. There's something very special about tomorrow's leaders telling us that there must be another way to resolve difference. The University of Bath aims to build bonds of community. Listening and compassion underpin the work here. And the university hopes that these bonds will support us and strengthen us through these painful times. On the 24th of October, a two minute silence was held in the university community to mourn the loss of lives, to remember those who are suffering, to remind and reinforce our shared humanity, and in so doing support each other being a source of comfort. After this, there were several conversations between students of the different faith groups. So tonight, we will hear short presentations from our guests in the following agreed order. First, the Imam Muhammad, and then Mother Sarah, and then Aris Sigal. And in following this, we will explore three areas. We'll explore first what we've heard in each other's presentations that resonates of the common ground we share. Second, we will explore ideas that will help us enable and develop this dialogue. Then finally, thoughts about building and protecting safe places founded on mutual respect, where we can talk together, look to the future and reach out to others. So thank you. So Mohammed, could I invite you now to make your presentation? Thank you. Thank you so much. Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for having us tonight. Um, it's um, it's really, really hopeful and promising to have the University of Bath 
you know, inviting us for or the chaplaincy, inviting us for such a conversation uh, in such a very difficult time. Um, I have to say, very challenging to have a conversation when the situation is going from bad to worse in um, Palestine. And we hope uh, that we really uh, come out of this conversation with some better conceptions of the situation and you know, better understanding of, of one another. And uh, quoting uh, the biblical verse that in which Jesus Christ is reported to have said, blessed are the peacemakers, the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Um, I hope and pray that we become all the sons of God by virtue of what we're doing today. Um, I honestly don't know from where to start to begin with, uh, but it may suffice to begin with the fact, just stating some a couple of facts that, that we take as foundational to the Islamic tradition. Um, a foundational fact to the Islamic tradition is that God himself, one of his names is As-Salam. And As-Salam is uh, translates and can be translated as the source of peace. Uh, but also the maker of peace. And uh, that says a lot about how much value that Islam accords uh, to peace. Uh, the, the formal Islamic greeting is Assalamu Alaikum, peace be upon you, uh, shows again the centrality of, of peace to Islam. The Prophet Muhammad is reported to have said, Al Muslimu, man salim al nasu bil lisanihi wa the Muslim. People would often think the Muslim is someone who believes in blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the Prophet is re really redefining what Muslim means, saying that a Muslim is someone uh, from, from whose, whose hand and from whose tongue people are safe. And in the Quran, the Quran says, وَإِنْ جَلَحُوا لِسَّلْمِ فَجَنَحْ لَهَا وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ In the midst of the war, if the war of the war, if they, if your enemies, or if, you, if your adversaries, Prophet Muhammad, if your adversaries incline towards peace, you need to incline towards peace. Even if you are being deceived, but you can never say no to peace. So peace is very central to the Islamic tradition. The Prophet take it, took it very seriously. But also in the Islamic tradition, it has a very uh, delicate definition of what peace is. It, is. it does not just mean that, you know, absence of war, but also the presence of justice. Um, so having those two combination, combinations um, really constitute what peace in general means. So to have just the first half of this definition, that is the absence of war, means just a negative definition of peace. Uh, the other half is the presence of justice, is a constitutional part of the peace process. I hope these are a couple of facts that are enough to begin the conversation with. Hmm. Thank you yeah. very much indeed, Mohammed. That is a, a wonderful start. Mother Sarah, would Thank you like you. to? Thank you. Well, <laughs> not being a professional like Mohammed, I have to. Have some have some notes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as Mohammed started by saying, 
what is so central to Islam. Um, I was going to also start by saying what is really central to Christianity. And <clears throat> it's my belief that the central theme of Christianity is that humble love is the strongest force in the universe. I think if I had to say what I believe Christianity to be, that is what I would always say, that humble love is the strongest force in the universe. Mm -hmm. And as Muhammad has already uh, alluded to, um, Jesus's teachings are very, very strong on peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called the children of God. Um, another very well-known saying of Jesus is, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt as well. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. And then, of course, um, when he was asked what is the greatest commandment, he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and your neighbour as yourself. So love for the other, the other person, um, is central to Christian teaching. I think that one of the misconceptions of the way that teaching is presented is that it can seem rather anemic, rather wishy-washy, rather spineless. But it has to be remembered that Jesus was preaching in the context of a military and political occupation. At the time when he lived, the Romans were in power and uh, both sides often attacked the other with very considerable violence. And throughout his life, Jesus had an absolutely remarkable ability to speak truth uh, in the face of great danger uh, without fear. And I think that people who look at Christianity from the outside can well be very cynical about this claim that peace is at the heart of Christianity and that non-violence is at the heart of Christianity. Historically, members of the church have betrayed this, have, have let the side down, have not made it very easy for people looking from the outside to believe that the church was about peace. But from the inside, those people who taught peace, who lived peace, who were willing to die for peace, are the ones which, from within the church, those are the people that historically we revere. And that is particularly the case, uh, certainly in my tradition, in the way that we honour the martyrs, uh, people whose faith in the uh, sovereignty of God was so great that they didn't they were able, with, help, with God's help, to overcome the clinging to our, our physical life if, if loyalty to God was in question. In the early church, in the very early church, when the Romans were still in power, um, Christians who would not worship the gods of Rome were considered traitors 
guilty of hatred of the human race for not fulfilling their civic obligation of serving the deities who were thought to guarantee the well-being of the empire. So these people who would not offer sacrifice, would not burn incense to the deities, were willing to give their lives. Those are still, in my tradition, the great heroes of our, of our faith. So that's that's just an introduction about how I see this, the basic stance of, of the Christian faith. Now, I, I have prepared a few points about strategies. Mm -hmm. Shall I talk about those now, or shall I wait until later? Let me just say those. Perhaps we should see if Mirius goes, does your introduction. That would be lovely to come back to that. Come back to that. Is that right? Okay. Yes, because yeah. it just has to hear the sort of foundation and yeah. the resonances. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So, <laughs> good evening to everyone, and thank you for organizing this. It's, we always have to start somewhere, even if it is difficult, even if we are not sure what or how to say things. And then I chose to go last, but that's always a dangerous thing in a way, because others might mention what I was going to say, <laughs> but actually I can take it as a good thing because I can highlight similarities already with that. Sure. So what I had in mind to start with was the word peace, which is shalom. And you just heard from Muhammad that in Arabic you'd say salam. So just with that, you already see the similarity of salam and shalom. Mm -hmm. It basically comes from the same root. So there is already something there. And peace is central. Like if I think about prayers in synagogue, there are lots of different prayers and there are lots of different songs, whether it is in a religious environment or not a religious environment that are about peace. So it is central to our life. So the word shalom comes from the root of shalem, which means whole. So in order to be whole or at peace, we first have to be at peace within ourselves so that we can then be at peace with others as well. And I think that's quite an interesting concept as well. And then in Hebrew, I guess in, in Arabic, you would say salam aleikum, like when you meet people, so peace be upon you, right? So that's kind of like saying hello. So in Hebrew also, people would say either the whole phrase, which is shalom aleichem, or just shalom. So we would use shalom to say hello. And it's almost peace. like saying, I've come in peace. I've not come to fight with you. When people go on a journey, they would wish each other to have a safe trip, so in Hebrew, we say shalom also is goodbye. And it's kind of like a wish that nothing bad will happen to people on their way, wherever they are going. And the person leaving can wish shalom for the one staying so that nothing, no harm comes to them wherever they are. So the word is always there. And I think quite often we just say it without even thinking about what it means. But then when we are in an environment with all what we hear now on the news about what is happening abroad, then suddenly it has much more meaning, this value of 
peace, of shalom. And then Mother Sarah, you mentioned about uh, loving your neighbor as yourself. So this is in the Torah. It says, love your brother or love your friend or your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's, again, a phrase that I know from like very, very young age. I remember we were given at school some big banner to color in, and then it got put in the classroom on the wall. And it's almost like what here at schools, children have like golden rules or classroom rules. And what is it? It's about being kind and being caring and looking after property, looking after the environment. What do all those things teach us? They teach us that we should show respect for each other. And that respect is for everybody, not just for our own family or our best friends. It's for everybody. So with us being here and being able to talk, I guess we are showing each other that there is this respect that even if, and it was daunting for me and, and kind of like concerning, should I be here? Should I speak? And what if I say something wrong? But if we come from a point of respect for each other, maybe we are, we are more willing to listen, even if it's uncomfortable, and build on that. No, so thank you very much indeed. Um, you may have noted that I got quite emotional as I started, because this is very deep to us. And we are uh, in the university here forming an interfaith community using the word inter quite deliberately. Inter is much deeper than multi-faith. Mm -hmm. And it, it is you just defined in a way what we're trying to do. We are trying to say we must understand each other. I think the other thing I should have said at the start and will say now, Ahmed, you prompted me to say it, it is very special and highly respectworthy for me that that, you know, at a time when things are far from resolving, if anything, getting worse. You still felt you were come tonight, and I really wanted to, to honour that. Sure. Um, I'm going to ask a, a, a completely naive question because of the presentations. We all, all of you have mentioned, referred to God, and it's true to say, isn't it, that, that there is only one God, yeah. I think. Do, do, do we agree with that? Is, is, isn't isn't that one of the resonances that we've also learned? We've seen heard tonight already. Absolutely, yeah. It's very good. So, so just both, uh, having heard each other, can you sort of draw any other sort of resonances from the presentations? I, I resonate really with what Mother Sarah had to say and with what Eves had to say as well. On the centrality of be of peace to Judaism, to Christianity, and to Islam, and and I very much resonate with what you said, Iris, regarding us coming together tonight. Uh, it it really it 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 celebrates the friendship that we've been trying to work on on the last few years. Yes, and I and I had I had a vivid memory of you calling me. I think it was on the eighth or ninth of October, um, if I'm not mistaken. And Eris didn't know what to say, nor did I. But we wanted to somehow <laughs> to be the to, to say to each other somehow. We feel it, but we, we really wanna we are still interested in investing in our friendship and, and 
and despite the challenges that, that we're having. Uh, Malasara passing by next day, yourself, Nigel, in such a challenging time, this wasn't an easy thing. But it also, again, gives us hope. And if I am to jump to the strategies from the Islamic perspective that may um, um, let me help support peace and, and peacemaking, um, Islam takes dialogue and forming such relationships as really the, the, yes. the, the starting point. Mm -hmm. Dialogue. I mean, Muslims, Christians, and Jews have had a, a long history of debate, the culture of debate. Modernity has come up with so many platforms uh, that facilitated um, the idea of dialogue, uh, which aims not just at you know um, not just at correcting misconceptions, which is an, an important element of it, uh, but also those those conversations and those dialogues will always come up with new products so to speak so those dialogues they are productive in yeah. the sense new ideas new ideas, new yeah, ideas yeah, exactly yeah. you never you never expect what to come out of a conversation because yeah. you come with certain preconceived ideas but you engage if you and you are here willing willing to listen willing to you know be corrected willing to correct others um yeah. and but before you before you correct you connect in a sense yes and this connection uh, does impact how we, I mean, I'm willing to listen to Iris because I trust her and I trust, I, um, and, and that, that, that means, of, that means of all. the same applies to Melissa Benson, applies to you. So this, 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 uh, um, I'd say posing in such a difficult time to have a dialogue and to say, despite its difficulty, we, we can really still draw on our relationships and, and have some sort of belief in, in the, in the, in the importance of dialogue. I mean, Dialogue, even though we're not really big players in what is happening. Um, but, okay, imagine if there is a ceasefire that's going to happen, inshallah, it happens. It will also start with dialogue. Yes. So be it at, the, uh, at our own level as, as outsiders somehow to the situation, um, as opposed to those who are literally, you know, our immediate players, dialogue is a starting point in both scenarios. Yeah. And and uh, um, Islamically speaking, dialogue has has a great value, and I, I can see from this conversation that we're having that it's it's it is it, it, it produced its 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 fruits. It's quite just to recall a conversation we had mm -hmm. uh, earlier in the year when we were talking about our interfaith meals and how food is very important. We have mm -hmm. discovered, but actually, in our interfaith meals, very often it's lovely to wander around the tables where we have different faith groups all mixed together. And a number of times we say, "Oh, I didn't realize that." Oh, I see what you mean, and and just it's a it's an atmosphere of learning together. I think that um, I'd like to pick up a comment you meant Iris, about, which is a really challenging comment. It was a phrase that almost went by, but I wrote it down, and that's the phrase to think what it means. Mm -hmm. And you know, shalom. It's, it's like saying English people say, "Oh, how are you." And then But it's interesting because think think what it means. I want to go back again to Mark. I've mentioned it already once, but uh, the impact for us as um, uh, the parents generation, in my case, almost grandparents generation, of the students who came, and these you know are students of this university who will be tomorrow's leaders, and the impact of they they kind of said to us, "How guys." Let's just think. There must be another way. 
of doing this. And I think that that was really powerful. And it's certainly one that I've used in, in talks subsequently, you know, in church and elsewhere, to say to have the courage to to say, come on, there must there must be a new way of doing this. Um, Mohammed, you mentioned strategy. Let me say, would you like to continue with your thoughts on on strategy? So building on to the idea really now is just to how are we going to build on this? How are we going to develop this and go on building this atmosphere? Well, I made a note of four strategies that that seem important to me um, in the you know, non-violence, peace building. Uh, in the biggest biggest sense, um, one is that I think we have to go back to basics, the, the kind of basics that we both highlighted in the in our introductions, and we have to work on those spiritually in our own lives, and we have to really work on internalizing them in our own lives, so that you know, we must have an active spiritual life, internalizing the values of our faith uh, in order to have anything to contribute would be the first one. The second may seem obvious, but to keep praying for the situation. And I'm, I've often been told that we'll never know what catastrophes were averted through people praying. Um, and we mustn't give up. Um, that's kind of implying that there is, to our prayers, there's an active component that, that, that we believe that something happens. We're not quite sure what. Often, well, the, the, in it, history, it makes a difference. In history, I mean, you know, take take the sort of possibility of a nuclear holocaust that we've been living through for the last hundred years. How do we know that that has not happened because people have been praying yeah. about it? Um, probably it has. Hmm. You know, you know, and so we we must. We must have faith that prayer does make a difference. I think that we're often we're often overwhelmed by a sense of helplessness, but we have to remind ourselves that actually humanity is connected. You know, human beings aren't just kind of like beans in a tin. They're much more of a, an organic whole. And what happens to one affects what happens to another. And what one does affects what affects other people so that you know we can actively work for peace i've got a quotation here from one of our teachers in the fifth century goal the goal of peaceful improvement cannot be reached through the decisions of others which is forever beyond our control but is found rather in our own attitude to be free from wrath is not dependent on us on the perfection of others. So we can't wait for everybody else to be perfect uh, for uh, for us to be free from wrath or anger. But it stems from our own virtue, which is acquired through our own tolerance, not other people's patience. So it's mm -hmm. a slightly archaic mm -hmm. way of saying it, but you get the general principle. Don't keep waiting for him or her to sort themselves out. You know what about what about my stance before God. I think, again, on the principle of the fact that we're all connected and what we do affects each other, we really have to work for peace within our own communities. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if there's a tension in, in my family or in my neighbourhood or in my faith community, I can't 
enjoy that. You know, I have to commit myself to working for peace in the smallest environment in which I live and to spread that out in the means that are within my power. I think we have to work for peace in ourselves so that we have to work for being peaceful in our own souls. Yes. And yes. that, that yeah. comes back to, yeah. to the having having active spiritual practice. Yeah. Um, and then we work, need to work for peace between communities, which is <clears throat> you know, like what we're doing now. We'll be continually looking um, for ways to promote mutual understanding and mutual knowledge of what makes the other group tick. And then this may be a surprise, but uh, I've noted online uh, on Friday one of my teachers saying, "You must, you must give alms um, if you want to work for peace. You may not be able. You you may be very distressed by what you see happening." somewhere which is beyond your control to help. Help someone that's in front of you. You know, give arms, you know, make a sacrifice for somebody that is within your power to help as a as a, a gesture of your like wish. Gift, yes. Wish to help the people that you can't help. Yeah. That almost implies a sort of an, an, an infectiousness. Yes. Yes. There's so many different things on. that I can talk about. I, I, I can sense you beginning sort of different things. So Please. first of all, I've met you a few years ago through the Bath Interfaith Group. The Bath Interfaith Group had been in Bath for over 30 years. We, we Not that I've met, been met Imam. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met Imam yeah. Muhammad through the Bath Interfaith Group. And then a few years later, you started hearing the chaplaincy, this interfaith from within the university. And here we are again. So we've already met before. We've already established some connection. We get to know each other a little more every time we meet. And therefore we've developed this respect and trust that even if it's difficult, like you said in that conversation, but we, in a way, maybe trying to put each other in the other person's shoe. Yeah. The anti-Semitism or Islamophobia, or the, there are different things that, that we can not reflect or identify or kind of like sense and try to understand. Then the young generation thinks more outside the box. So you got the ideas from them. You kind of say, oh, why don't we get together? But also there is wisdom in things from way back. Mm -hmm. So for example, in Judaism, they say when you go to visit the, the mourner, the bereaved, then don't just start talking because you sometimes we feel like we need to say something. Fill up yeah. the space. Yeah. Actually, we should just sit quietly and wait for the person mourning to start the talking. But what I'm coming to from that is just that we need to learn to listen yes. to others, not just to do the speaking. So there is this interaction yes. of the of the two parties yeah. Yeah. together. So we talk about trust, we talk about the listening to each other. There is the I said earlier, it was kind of like daunting to come here and speak, and but you created an environment that feels more safe yes. to have a conversation, and we need to start and build yeah. from somewhere. So 
Yeah, and it, it's interesting because when I met you on that Sunday, I was thinking aloud, and 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 the imam said to me, "Oh yes, I took with yours." Yeah. You know, it was, so, yeah. so there again, there there was there was the link. Now I have it in terms of strategy. So you touched on something as well. So there is an expression in Hebrew which is like to repair the world. Tikkun Olam, we call it, and that can be about social justice, or it can be about looking after the environment, it can be different things. But there is also an expression that says that no one needs to finish a job, but we do need to start it. So perhaps here we are starting something, whether we will get to the end of it or not, we don't know, but maybe there will be a ripple effect and other people will, will continue it. So there are some of I spoke to a friend this morning and I mentioned that I was going to be doing this tonight and that I was apprehensive about it. And this friend said that perhaps emotions in Israel and Gaza are much more raw and strong. And therefore we who are like one step removed, maybe we are better able to talk than they are. And my example answering her is actually the other way around. There are mixed cities in Israel where Jews and Arabs live together. Some of them just by chance, because that's how it happens. But there is actually one city. In Hebrew, it is called Neve Shalom. In English, that would be... Oasis of Peace, and it also has an Arabic name, but I don't remember how to say And it's a, it's a, a town or a city that was constructed to be a mixed city, and they have the same number of citizens of residents yes. in that city that are Jewish and that are Arabs. And the council has, a, I think the chair is... Arab and the vice chair is Jewish and they keep this balance all the time. Imagine now in this situation the tensions and the strong feelings that all of these Mm. residents of this town must have yet they still speak to each other. Then there is another organization called Standing Together and they are also a group of some Jewish people and some Arab people who get together and talk to each other even now and even more now than before. There is an organization that is called uh, Solutions Not Sides and perhaps that's something to think about. Mm -hmm. We don't really need to take sides. We have to think about the solutions. How do we move forward? We are not going to be able, we are just small individuals. We are not going to be able to solve the situation in the Middle East but perhaps we can help the situation here yeah, thank you. be calmer. Yeah. And so I've got two other areas, but I just wonder, Mohammed, when, when you and I spoke the other day in Four West, we talked about, you were talking to me about the importance of sort of enabling people to, avoiding being too polarised, enabling people to be together. I just wonder whether are there any sort of strategic Further thoughts that you've had on what we've been talking about? Um, I'd actually build on uh, what Iris said last, solutions, not sides. I think this is much, much needed. The Islamic tradition often emphasizes and highlights the question of why. 
Like, why did something happen? Why did it all start? Except in situations when there is a disaster that is happening, it would always emphasize the question of how, how to come out of it in the very first place. Yeah. And then you discuss after, after, after the disaster stops, then you may discuss what goes there. And then you wait, wait, wait. Yeah. But first and foremost, um, think of how to stop. The, the, the crisis that is happening. So probably to your question, Nigel, I'd say, um, yes, we have different conceptions of things, uh, but uh, to minimize this sense of polarization, um, I mean, echoing what Mother Sarah had already said and Aries, and coming back to the commonalities upon which we agree on, reminding the people of ABC, Judaism, ABC, Islam, ABC, Christianity, uh, which can be lost in the midst of all this. Like we are all, we all look at the human blood as a sacred thing, the human life as a sacred thing. Um, so from my perspective, um, uh, to minimize the sense of polarization, really coming back to the commonalities and about which no one can disagree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and from my from my conversations that I had within the Muslim community or with um, um, at an interface level over the last few weeks, I really think this has been the, uh, the thing that has made the conversations that we had more productive. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Um, I found that discussing why did this happen, you know, yes, at the moment, so yeah. much, yeah, because yeah. everybody can come up with different yeah. things. And yeah. 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 Or well, at least this is not the best conversation to be had now. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much indeed. We've got a few minutes uh, left. I just like to raise one air, just to ask for your thoughts on, on, and this is a how, because one of the problems we have now in the world, thanks to the speed of reporting and video cameras and all that sort of stuff is that we have a barrage on our news screens and papers of the horrors. And let me say, you mentioned the helplessness being sometimes feel. Uh, you mentioned the importance of listening. How do we help each other and those who are with us cope with what we're seeing? The emotional load. On the one hand, I've heard a lot of recommendations not to listen to the news all the time. Mm -hmm. We need to know what is going on, but we need to also remove ourselves mm -hmm. and that we need to be kind of gentler with ourselves. It's probably yeah. easier said than done, but that that we need that time yeah, away from the news yes. because it is a lot. But also with the news, we have to be careful of how much we believe in everything we've seen. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or heard. To be questioning, yes. Any other? Well, that's important, isn't oh, it? Sure, sure. Um, I, I'd add as well, continuing this conversation. Um, yeah, it, it could have been a deeper and a broader conversation that we're having tonight. Um, uh, uh, but we, again, chose to remind each other of the basics yes. uh, that will take us forward. To continue the, the conversation is to deepen the trust even further. 
and and to come up with hopefully with solution solutions. Yeah. I mean, in accordance with our respective contexts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say continuing the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, when we go back home, we will we will feel we've done something. Yeah. yeah. About it. And I've, I've written yeah. the word listening as well. What you said that it, it, it's it's helpful, isn't it, to offer a listening ear to others. Because when when others say, then it becomes a shared worry, doesn't it? Indeed. The last day, just I'd love your comment on because just looking ahead, we've mentioned about you know, the right attitude. You mentioned about the infectiousness of helping others and how local action will ripple will ripple out. I think we talked about. It's very easy to say, you know, what on earth can we do? And yet, there is something important, isn't there, about these, you know, the example of what we're doing, the fact that other people see it and hear it. Um, I feel quite a load honouring the students who first asked the question, so I hope that they see us. But there not there, there's, there's something about saying, who knows who might hear this? Mm. spark another idea into another conversation. Isn't that right? That we can hope that that sort of infectiousness will spread out. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we thank you so much, Nigel, for um, taking this up. And, 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 and it's, it's not an easy thing to, um, uh, uh, to basically uh, convene a conversation of this, of this nature in the midst of such a difficult time. Uh, it's, it wasn't. I, I, I can imagine it wasn't a hefty, It wasn't an easy and easy job. So thank you. Thank you so much for That's giving us the space. Um, honor to be here, and I think maybe that could be the right note to say. Until the next time, shalom. <laughs> thank you very much indeed for coming tonight. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much.